0: Hello, this is Tanishka from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 1st of December. India recorded 6,690 COVID-19 cases and 190 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stands at over 3 crore 45 lakh, while the death toll crossed 4,68,000. Do note that these figures are widely believed to be undercounts. The active caseload of the infection stands at 1,543. So far, India has administered over 123 crore vaccinations, of which nearly 80 lakh doses were given yesterday. From today, airports across the country have enforced strict quarantine and testing rules for international passengers, particularly those from at risk countries, amid growing concerns of the new COVID variant, Omicron. In Mumbai, all international passengers from at-risk countries will undergo mandatory seven-day quarantine, during which they must take three RT-PCR tests on the second, fourth and seventh day after arrival. The Mumbai Health Department said this morning that six passengers from at-risk countries had already tested COVID positive. Their samples have been sent for genome sequencing and contact tracing is on the way. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 260 million people, claiming the lives of over 5.2 million. New findings indicate that the mutant coronavirus was already in Europe close to a week before South Africa sounded the alarm, according to a report in the Associated Press. The Netherlands RIVM Health Institute said that patient samples dating from November 19th to 23rd were found to contain the Omicron variant. South African authorities, meanwhile, had reported the existence of the new variant to WHO on November 29. Adrian Purin, the acting executive director of South Africa's National Institute for Communicable Diseases, told Reuters in an interview that the Omicron strain could most likely displace the Delta variant as the dominant strain of coronavirus. He said that scientists should know within four weeks to what extent the new variant can evade the immunity developed by existing vaccines or prior infection and whether it causes worse infection symptoms than other strains. The Bombay High Court today allowed default bail plea of Sudha Bharadwaj, a lawyer-activist who is one of the accused in the Bhima Koregao case. She will be produced before the Special National Investigation Agency Court on December 8 which will impose bail conditions and finalise her release. Bharadwaj was arrested on 28 August 2018 and is presently launched in Mumbai's Baikola Jail. The case is pertaining to the violence that interrupted on January 1, 2018 at an event organised to mark 100 years of the Bhima-Koregao battle. However, the bench rejected the default bail plea of eight other co-accused, including Sudhir Dhawale, Mahesh Raut, Vernon Gonsalves, Arun Ferreira, Rona Wilson, Shoma Sen, Surendra Gadling and Varavara Rao in the case. A division bench of Justices S.S. Shinde and N.J. Jamadar had concluded hearing and reserved the verdict in Sudha Bharadwaj's bail plea on August fourth. However, the NIA had opposed the bail. Bharadwaj had filed a plea in the High Court, arguing that she should be granted default bail as the judge who had taken cognizance of the case against her was not designated to hear cases under UAPA. Agriculture Minister Narendra Tomar told Parliament Today that there was no question of providing financial assistance to anyone, since the government has no record of the death of farmers who were protesting against the farm laws for over a year. The minister was questioned on the data of deaths at protest sites near Delhi borders and if the government was planning to give financial relief to the affected families. In a written reply, Tomar told the Lok Sabha and I quote, The Ministry of Agriculture has no record in the matter and hence the question of aid does not arise. Unquote. As per opposition and farmer leaders, more than 700 farmers have died during the year-long protest at Delhi's borders. The Farm Laws Repeal Bill 2021 was passed by both the houses on Monday. On November 19th, Prime Minister Narendra Modi had announced in a virtual address that the three contentious farm laws would be repealed. Mukhtyar Singh, a 66-year-old farmer who has been shuttling between the protest site and his home since last November, told my colleague Nidhi Suresh and I quote, Nearly 700 farmers lost their lives. Nearly 200 were detained. They lati-charged us, tear-gassed us, called us khalistani, naxils and terrorists. And now, just as the election is nearing, Modi decided he cares. I don't buy it, Unquote. Read her full report titled, Not PMs Care, But Poll Pressure, Say Farm Protesters. Listeners, over the past year, we at News Laundry have been bringing you extensive reports, interviews and stories of the farmers' protests from the ground. The reason we are able to do this and bring you the truth is because we are not accountable to advertisements from governments or corporations, but to you, the reader. To help us to continue to bring you such stories, do head on to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top right corner of the screen and become a subscriber. Lowest subscription starts at Rs 300 only. East Mojo, in its report, quoted the Assam police claiming that the prime accused allegedly involved in the lynching of an all-Assam students' union leader in Jorhat died in a road accident last night while trying to escape from police custody. The police further stated that Neeraj Das, the prime accused in the incident, was also allegedly involved in the trading of illicit drugs. They told East Mojo that Das was being taken to places from where the drug cartels operated when he jumped from the police vehicle in an attempt to escape. Hindustan Times quoted the police mentioning that Das was hit by a police car after he attempted to flee custody. As per the reports, he got severely wounded and later succumbed to his injuries. Today, the Special Director General of Assam Police GP Singh, who was assigned the investigation yesterday by Assam Chief Minister Himanta Biswa Sharma, tweeted that the police have identified all the accused people and that direction has been given to get their trials underway in a fast-track court. The Chief Minister directed the police to file a charge sheet within 30 days. Besides Neeraj Das, the police have arrested 12 people in connection with the case. On Monday... A mob had allegedly lynched the AASU leader Animesh Bhuyan on an argument over a road accident. Two other people travelling with Bhuyan, identified as television reporter Mridhusmanta Barua and Pranad Datta, were also injured in the violence that ensued. A 22-year-old man in Bengaluru has alleged that his right arm had to be amputated on account of torture in police custody, the Indian Express reported. The man Identified as Salman, said that he was allegedly detained illegally for 3 days in Varthur police station in connection with a theft case. Salman told the Indian Express that he was picked up by the police for investigation related to a stolen car battery case. He further claimed that the police were in plain clothes with their private vehicle that had a Kerala state registration number. Salman, who earlier worked in a chicken shop, is currently in a hospital in Bengaluru. Dr. K. Venkatesh, the orthopedic surgeon treating him, stated that the infection in Salman's arm could have been life-threatening and therefore, he had no other option but to amputate it till the shoulder. Salman told Indian Express, and I quote, I was taken to the Varthur police station, where I was assaulted mercilessly by three men. I confessed to stealing three car batteries. They took me to the people to whom I sold the batteries. I was again brought to the police station and asked to confess to other thefts which I had not committed. Three cops assaulted me for three days. They targeted one body part at a time. They beat my right hand and also kicked in their legs one after the other. My pleadings went unheard. Salman was released from police custody on 31st October, after which his injuries reportedly worsened. Deputy Commissioner of Police, Whitefield, D. Devraj, said that he had asked for a report about the incident from the Assistant Commissioner of Police in the Varthur jurisdiction. There have been several cases of custody deaths in the country. According to a report released by the National Campaign Against Torture, which is a platform for NGOs working on torture in India, in 2019, approximately five people died in police custody in the country every day. In Michigan, USA, a 15-year-old opened fire in his high school on Tuesday killing three fellow students and injuring eight other people, including a teacher, before surrendering to the police. According to the state police, the suspect used a handgun that his father had bought him. The three people killed were a 16-year-old male, a 14-year-old female and a 17-year-old female. Officials said that they do not know if the three students were targeted. According to the BBC, the police received the first emergency call from the high school in Oxford, which is nearly 40 miles from Detroit, at 12.51 local time. As per the officials, the suspect surrendered within five minutes in confrontation with the police officer. The police further stated that no shots were fired during the arrest and that the suspect, at the time of the arrest, was carrying a semi-automatic handgun that still contained seven rounds of ammunition. Students have described hiding under the desks during the attack. Oakland County Sheriff Mike Bouchard said that the investigators were at a loss to explain the reason for this unspeakable and unforgivable act of violence, adding that the suspect was not cooperating with the authorities. All schools in the state will remain closed for the rest of the week. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you are listening from. See you tomorrow.